and welcome to the MBOM podcast, where you'll learn to master the business of yoga. MBOM is a proud part of the Wander Barn Podcast Network, and I'm your host, Amanda Kingsmith. I'm a 500-hour registered yoga teacher, a yoga business coach, and a total business geek. Here at MBOM, you'll learn everything you need to know to create a sustainable yoga business by learning from myself and guests from around the world about how they built their yoga businesses and about how you too can become a successful yoga teacher, studio owner, and much more. All right, let's dive in. Hey friends, I just wanted to pop in and talk a little bit about MBO behind the scenes. When I entered the yoga world as a teacher, I was surprised by how many yoga teachers were struggling with the business side of yoga. And that's why I created MBO. MBOM helps yoga teachers and studio owners become entrepreneurs. It helps you to go from surviving to thriving with your yoga business. I am on a mission to change the yoga industry, to teach yoga teachers and studio owners about the business of yoga, and to help you feel more confident, successful, and abundant. After releasing hundreds of podcast episodes, I want to create content that dives deeper into helping yoga entrepreneurs thrive and elevate their businesses. This is where MBOM Behind the Scenes comes in. Each week, you will get bonus content from the weekly guest or myself, diving deeper into how you can take the teachings and apply them to your business. This podcast is designed for yoga teachers and studio owners who are ready to take it to the next level. If you enjoy MBOM and have been looking for an affordable way to learn more, this is it. For the cost of two lattes per month, you will get never-before-heard content that you can't access anywhere else that will give you tangible ways to dive deeper into your yoga business. If this sounds like something you're interested in, let's dive in. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash MBM yoga and sign up to get behind the scenes now. Once again, that's patreon.com forward slash MBOM yoga to get all the exclusive behind the scenes content. I'll see you there. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the MBM podcast. I am super excited that you've decided to join me for today's episode of the show. And happy March. I cannot believe we are already into March 2021, our third month of the year. And I am so excited for all of the content that we have going on at MBM this month, and especially for today's episode of the show. Before we dive into what today's episode is all about, I just wanted to give a special shout out to Offering Tree. Offering Tree is the sponsor for today's episode of the podcast. And if you're not familiar with them, you should definitely go check them out. They are your one-stop shop for all things website, marketing, online store, membership, pricing, scheduling, all the things. With one monthly membership, one login information, you get everything that you need for your yoga business. You're going to hear a little bit more about them later on, so I'll leave it there for now, and let's dive into today's guest on the show. Today on the podcast, I am really excited to be joined by Leslie Lyons. She's the founder of Bombshell Movement Studio in Chicago, as well as the host of the Beyond the Polls, Tales from the CEO podcast. She's a sales and leadership coach for female entrepreneurs, and she's got a background in corporate sales, youth ministry, and she's also a leader for studio owners throughout the U.S. And she's really spent her life pouring into women emotionally and spiritually. And you might be wondering, what does a pole studio owner have to offer for us yoga teachers and yoga studio owners? Well, she also 
is an Enneagram expert. And so on this episode, we're actually going to dive into how to use the Enneagram as a tool to lead and sell with your head and your heart. And if you've listened to the show over the last couple of years, you probably know that I like this stuff. I've done episodes on Myers-Briggs, MBTI. I did an episode just at the end of 2020 with Carrie Russell on human design, and now we're diving into Enneagram. And I feel like these types of tools can really give us an insight into who we are on a deeper level and also give us permission to be who we really are because there's a lot of shoulds and should nots happening in the world of yoga and business. And when you really dive into who you are and figure out how to use that as a strength, it can really help you. So if you have not done your Enneagram, I would definitely go find out what your Enneagram is so you can follow along with that. We talk specifically about my Enneagram as well as Leslie's Enneagram in this, and we dive into how you can use the Enneagram to impact the way you show up in your sales, the way you show up in your business, and how you can use your personality with a leadership strategy. So lots of good stuff happening here. I am super excited to dive in, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. All right, here is Leslie. Welcome to the podcast today, Leslie. I'm really excited to have you here with me today. Amanda, I'm so freaking stoked to be here. I'm excited to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really excited for this conversation. You work, you know, in the wellness space, but you own a pole studio, which is something that is a little bit different from people I talk to. So I'm excited to hear a bit about the backstory with that and then dive into Enneagram because that's something I've been learning more about and it's super fascinating. And I think a good place to start is if you could just tell listeners a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your backstory, that would be awesome. Yeah, Absolutely, Amanda. Again, thanks for the opportunity. Well, a little bit about me. My name is Leslie Lyons, and I actually own a central movement studio here in Chicago, and I have for the last 15 years. I was one of the very first pole dance studios in the U.S., so I've been at this for a while, and one of the things that we do is we help women reclaim their voice and their power through sensual movement because we believe that owning your sensuality and your sexuality is so powerful and it's fuel for everything that women want to accomplish in the world. So that's kind of our angle in terms of what it is and the women that we serve. Um, How did I actually get into pole is kind of a funny story, being that I've never been a fitness person ever in my life. Like, Amanda, I like donuts and gluten is my best friend. And I've got all of these things. I'm kind of allergic to planks. You know, it's one of these things where I was not looking for a physical business, but what I was looking for was a way to connect to my body after coming out of a domestic violence situation. So the way that I happened upon pole was very much so about reclamation for me. When now I'm thinking, I'm trying to think about how long had I been polling before I decided to open a studio? It wasn't long, Amanda. It was probably like a year because I was getting so much feedback from clients because I started out by doing it in their homes. So half poll will travel. And I was getting so much feedback from women saying, where could I learn more? Where could I do this? And so I was kind of the quintessential accidental entrepreneur. I was just like, I got to get a space. I guess I'll put up some polls and I'll build it and they'll come. Yeah, no. 
my first two years of business was absolute hell. I mean, to the place where like lights were shut off, gas was disconnected, like beyond failure in terms of the first two years in my business. And I had what I always call a come to Jesus moment in a cold, dark studio. And that is when I knew that I had to get serious about selling. I couldn't go down just the big hearted path of wanting to see women liberated. I had to flourish if I was going to help other women flourish. And that sitting there literally in that cold, dark studio was the day that my mindset changed and the trajectory of my business changed. This was back in 2008. So we were in the heart of a recession. And here I was, never been an entrepreneur, never been around entrepreneurs in that way. And I had just made the biggest decision of my life. But here I sit now, a multiple six-figure studio in profit, not top-line revenue. I think that's important to know as well, that I'm making money while helping women change their lives. I'm living the dream, Amanda. (laughs) Some days I'm always like, I can't even believe that this is real, especially when I look back on where I came from. So that's a little bit about me. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for for sharing all of that. And what a great way to kickstart this. I have so many questions already. And I just want to start by saying that I found your story so empowering, like, you know, realizing that this intention to help isn't enough. And I think that this is something that we see a lot in the like the wellness space in general, and especially with women, but we see it a lot in the yoga space where it's like, my intention is good. And if I just keep being passionate about this and put my passion out there, like the people will come. But the thing is, is like the, the world is really busy. The internet is very busy. There's a lot of things out there. There's a lot of things like clamoring for your attention constantly. And in order to stand out, I think you have to know how to sell that piece of it. You have to understand that you can you sell this passion and sell this this intention that you have in a way so people can discover you. And I think that there's a lot of people probably even listening right now that are cringing, like that feels icky to me. And one of my missions has been really about like, you know, showing yoga teachers and studio owners that sales doesn't have to be icky, that it's actually necessary. And I'd love to hear a little bit about for you, what it was actually like to go from, okay, this intention isn't enough. I'm going to have to sell. I'm going to have to learn how to do this and and what that process was like. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't know why, Amanda, sales gets a bad rap. And because maybe it's because I've been a salesperson for so long. So before I started my studio, I actually worked in corporate sales and human resources. And I rounded out my career working in um, youth and women's ministry full time. But I never understood why selling got such a bad rap because nothing happens until something's sold. You can have all the heartfelt and yoga teachers do such amazing work. When I just look around the industry and it's yoga for anxiety, there's yoga for, you know, postpartum, there's yoga for almost anything that you could be facing in life. You can find a yoga modality that can help you through that. My question becomes, knowing that that's such a gift that you have to offer the world, why would you want to keep that gift to yourself? So that mindset thing, that mindset shift from selling is somehow icky to 
This is necessary. I am changing people's lives. Yoga professionals know this. Like it only takes about five minutes to sit with a yoga professional and you will hear and feel, more importantly, their passion. So once you switch your mindset from actually selling to I almost have an obligation to get this out there because it's so transformative, that mindset shift will give you a layer of confidence. For me, I knew what pole had done to literally save my life. So it was about what words and the languaging that I need to put around that story that would connect with other people. So I didn't feel like I was going out to find people, but that I were that I was attracting the types of people that I could serve best. So knowing that, that mindset shift, Amanda, has to happen. And I think it really comes from sitting with, do you believe? And this is what I ask wellness professionals all the time. Do you believe that you offer life-changing services? Let's start there. Once I embraced that, I really started leaning more into how do I deliver those life-changing services? And that led me to really delve more into my personality. And so first it was Myers-Briggs, then it was DISC, and then later on it became the Enneagram. I am a self-help, (laughs) self-growth junkie, and I love assessments. But the Enneagram was just so different because it allowed me not to just focus on my strengths. It allowed me to actually acknowledge and start to integrate shadow. And that, to me, is the key to leadership. And in order to sell well, you have to lead well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think it's it's really interesting to think about exactly what you said, this mindset shift of going from feeling like you're you know, maybe doing something wrong or you're doing something icky because you're trying to sell your things to shifting to this has been life-changing for me and I have an obligation to share this with other people. And I think that one of the things I always find interesting is people's backstories, like how they got to where they are now. And so many people come to health and wellness similar to you because they had something that happened to them in their lives that turned them to something Mm -hmm. that connected them to their bodies. And then they're like, I need to share this with other people. And it's kind of interesting because we have this path and then it's like, we sort of stop there. Like I need to share this with other people, but I don't want to share it in like a way that's too pushy. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And again, though, do you ever feel pushy if you're recommending a sushi restaurant that you absolutely love? No. No, I mean, I'll rave about that stuff. Right. That's right. You'll tell me what to order. You'll tell me how to get there, who I should ask to be my waiter. You will tell me all the things because you just love it and you want me to have a great experience. Why don't we think about our businesses the same way? Yeah, it's really interesting to think about that. I mean, why do you think we don't think about it in, in that way? Like, is it because we're not confident with it or because we're we're the ones creating the thing? Yeah, I think that's, what you just said is definitely valid and part of it for sure. I also think that there's social conditioning that kind of goes into it, especially for women identifying folk. Um, I call it the Cruella DeVille syndrome. <laughs> if there's any Disney fans out there, they immediately see her 
in their mind with her black and white hair and her Dalmatian coats. It is the narrative that if a woman is making money, she must kill puppies for coats. Like everywhere you look in media, it is constantly being touted that if you are a woman that is focused on making money, you must be heartless. You must be soulless. And so who wants to be labeled as heartless and soulless? No one, especially not big hearted entrepreneurs like yoga professionals. Like, like no one wants that label. So I think because we are fearful of being labeled in that way, we kind of like, well, I don't really want to make money. It's not about money. It's not, you know, but I'm like, you can't help other people flourish if you don't flourish. So that's the big thing. But then I think, like you mentioned earlier, Amanda, there is a confidence thing there too. I think that sometimes we don't really realize how great we are. Like, we don't realize that you're not just another yoga studio who's finished her 500 hours of training. There is something innate, something wonderful about you. And unfortunately, in a world that often tells women that we're too much, we're too this, we're too that, we become professionals at shrinking and hiding. And so even when we come into our businesses, coming out of that shell is a process. And I think sometimes we don't have the tools to come out of the shell. I think also, too, with yoga professionals, we have a lot of tools for what I call emotional regulation. So a lot of things that protect our mental and emotional peace, which Lord knows we need, (laughs) especially in these days. But when it comes to putting ourselves out there, I think that there is a little bit of shame around that and a little bit of hesitancy. And the same way that breath work can be a tool, yoga is a tool, meditation is a tool, getting really strong in who you are and what you have to offer the world at an innate level is the best tool you have to making more money and to servicing more people. Because it's not just about making more money, right? It's about having bigger impact. It's about rescuing and liberating women for me, right? Whatever your why is, money will help you get there. Yeah, 100%. I completely agree. I always think about how, you know, say you had somebody over for tea, like say you were in my house right now and we were having tea together. I mean, if I was trying to like pour you a cup of tea, but there like was no water, like there would be no tea, right? And you can't, you can't pour from an empty cup is kind of how I I use that. And I think when you think about that, you're like, well, it doesn't make any sense. But when you start translating into our energy or our money, it's like, it kind of does make sense because if you don't have any energy and you don't have any money, I mean, how are you going to give to other people? Because you need to take care of yourself first. So I think, you know, exactly what you said, it's so important for us to, to think about these these aspects when it comes to money and the way we think about money and our relationship with money relative to our businesses. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's the beautiful thing is good human beings. I had a pastor once tell me this and it stuck with me. Money just makes you more of who you are. So if you're already a crappy person, you're a crappy person when you're broke. (laughs) If you're selfish, mean, self-absorbed, a narcissist, all of the things, money's just going to amplify that. But if you're a caring person, if you're 
just overflow with empathy and grace and, and compassion for people. When you get more money, it's just going to amplify those things as well. So thinking about money in that way of, I want to see change in this world. <laughs> I want to be more of what I want to see. Money is just a tool to get there. So I think if we start digging into who we are at an innate level and tie that to our purpose, women will be unstoppable. <laughs> like <laughs> we will be unstoppable. And when women are empowered, our societies are empowered, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. I love that. And now it's time for a short break from the show to talk about our sponsor, Offering Tree. If you're interested in finding an all-in-one platform for online or in-person teaching, then you should definitely check out Offering Tree. Offering Tree set out to make creating your digital presence fun, easy, and affordable. With one click, you can build a website, run online or in-person live classes, sell pre-recorded classes, manage memberships and packages, and much more. Communicating with your students is seamless and easy with their automated email system and email marketing tools. Already have your own website? No problem, because Offering Tree can embed seamlessly into your existing website. They're always adding new features to their platform to make it even better. They just recently released the online store feature that lets you easily sell digital content like yoga videos, challenges, and courses right from your website. If you're looking for a single platform to take care of all of your online and in-person teaching needs, then visit offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM. Offering Tree has been supporting MBOM for over a year now, and I not only love the product, but I also love the people. Offering Tree is providing special pricing for MBOM listeners, so be sure to visit offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM. That's offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM to receive the discount. All right, now back to the episode. And one of the things that you mentioned that I want to dive into is you you kind of learned about your personality and who you are and dove into, you said Myers-Briggs and DISC and Enneagram. And let's talk about Enneagram a little bit. Like, what is it about Enneagram that you like so much? And, and what is what is it about Enneagram that has kind of helped you with your business? Yeah, totally. So the Enneagram is a personality assessment. And, you know... Like I said, I'm an assessment junkie, so I've taken them all. I've taken them literally all. And because I was an HR professional, Myers-Briggs was actually the assessment that we gave to um, candidates who would work for our companies. And what I loved about the Enneagram that's different from some of the other assessments is that you can't game the system, okay? Like with Myers-Briggs, especially when people are evaluating you for a job, you can kind of see the pattern, Amanda. Like, (laughs) let me see. They can ask this question in 12 different ways, but you can kind of game it if you are intentional about doing that. With the Enneagram, that's not going to work because what's going to happen is at some point, if you are trying to game the system, it's going to pull out something that's negative because we've all got shadow. So there is no right type, right? There's nine types on the Enneagram and it all has light and shadow, period. And so if you try to game the system to get the best type on the Enneagram, it's never going to happen. So at some point you're going to be like, maybe I need to answer this honestly. 
There is no tool that I've experienced that as, is as simple as well as the Enneagram. There are other great tools that get at innate values, but they're really complex. <laughs> they're charts and, and graphs and, and dots, and, and you need a mind reader to kind of walk you through it. With the Enneagram, <laughs> you're going to take the test. It's going to be simple. It's going to be clear. And it's going to be, most importantly, actionable. You're going to know. Because that's always the big thing is when you take these assessments, it's like, okay, great. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Wonderful. But what the heck do you do with that information, Amanda? How do you use it to grow? The Enneagram is a very rich yet accessible way to start a self-development plan, to start to work on how do you grow as a leader? Because as I said earlier, to sell is to be a leader. So I'm always focused on how do you grow as a leader? The Enneagram is going to do that for you because it's going to show you this is what you look like when you're integrated, when you're knowledgeable, when you're self-aware, when you are really focused, this is what you look like. When you're under, when you're under stress, unintegrated, this is what you look like. And guess what? We can actually give you some tools that when you're starting to veer off the path of integration, you actually have some warning signs that you can acknowledge to help you from going to that dark place and staying there. Right. I've not encountered a tool that can do that. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit. I redid my test last night. So I had some updated results for our conversation today. And I I told you before we actually hit record. So my dominant number is a three, which I think is the achiever. So what does that kind of, what does that kind of mean? I know they all have different things and names, but maybe we can use mine as an example and maybe hear a little bit about yours as well. Like, what does it mean to be a three? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm very high level. There are basically three buckets that people typically approach life to. So if you think about how you solve problems, how you think through things, you typically, they fall in these three buckets within the Enneagram, your heart, your head, your gut. Meaning when addressing something, do you typically go with how you feel? Like, do you sit with your feelings? Do you tend to think through things? Like, do you get very cerebral when you're thinking about things? Or do you not think much at all and must take action? That would put you in your gut. A three lives well within the heart triad. So you're very concerned about how you feel. And each type on the Enneagram actually has a core fear, a core desire, and a core longing. And so your core fear is exactly what it says. This is the thing that at a subconscious level, you're always worried about. Your core desire is really like what it is you want to be told or how you want to feel. Where your core longing is what I call your soul's message. It is the thing that satisfies your soul. It is the thing that if you felt this, it would give you all the security that you need to do tough things. So for a three, as you know, being the achiever, your core fear is that you're worthless. Doesn't that sound like, oh my gosh. 
<laughs> yeah, it's Ooh. kind of icky. It's kind of icky when you say it out loud. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm worthless. Your core desire, the thing that you're striving for is to be valuable. But what your soul really wants to hear and take rest in is that your love for being yourself. What does that look like in a business environment? So your three, your core desire, how you want the world to see you is that you're valuable. So that means that threes typically have a laundry list of things they've achieved. Like, that's why it's called the achiever. (laughs) Like, At any point in time, there's like, this is what I've accomplished, baby. Here's my resume. At any point in time, depending upon the situation, I can tell you what I've done well. Because at the end of the day, you want to be seen as valuable, as light, as knowledgeable. And those are not bad things, especially when we talk about women not shining, right? Threes, you shine. (laughs) And we love that about threes. Like, A three, when you walk in the room, I want to hear you talk. I immediately feel like you have such great energy and you have something to share. That's the three superpower, like to assess what's going on in the room and really say, who do I need to be to make sure that I'm perceived well in this room? Threes are well-liked. Do you feel like you're well-liked, Amanda? I feel like that's like kind of an uncomfortable thing to like really acknowledge super publicly, but yeah, I feel like in general people like me. And I think also what you just said is like, and it's interesting because my, my husband and I are quite different and he's, I'm pretty sure he's a five. He's very cerebral. He's a thinker. He's introverted and he'll go into a room. And if there's like somebody talking about something he's not interested in, he has like such a hard time with it. Whereas Mm. I'm like, oh, I can kind of like be a little bit of a chameleon and like put on a bit of a like, yeah, I'll pretend I'm interested in this thing because like then we can have a nice conversation that will please you type thing. Yeah, whether I am or not, like threes can perform. They really can perform. And again, especially when it comes to selling, man, there are times where we need to perform. We have to show up. We have to inspire people. Threes do that naturally, so bravo. Bravo. But when it comes to leadership and not a but, but and when it comes to leadership, the most amazing thing you can offer yourself as a leader is to really understand yourself and more importantly, to understand what I look like when I'm not doing so well. So threes who perform and they're unintegrated, let's say that you are in a sales situation. You might have a tendency when that client is sitting in front of you and you're doing a one-on-one and you're trying to come up with a wellness plan for them. You might have a tendency to run down every client testimonial you've ever had in life. (laughs) Like, yes, and this is what I do. And this is how I helped Susie. And this is how I helped Brian. And you know what? I've helped five other people today. And now here I am to help you. That energy of always having to put what you've done or accomplished out there doesn't leave a lot of room for a client to share what they really want or even what they've done, right? So being aware that you could possibly go into that performer mode in a selling situation is key. 
because you'll know when to pull back. You'll know when to push forward as long as you kind of stay mindful of, am I performing? Am I talking too much in this situation? Am I, am I actually letting the client get a word in edgewise? That's how you can use your knowledge of your types, strengths, and weaknesses, even in a selling environment, just to become aware of what's actually happening between you and that client. Yeah. Yeah. That's really interesting. I feel like I can think about that really clearly in my own life more in like a social situation than a selling situation, but it is interesting to think about that, that sort of, you know, desire to kind of like talk a lot and fill space with words and being able to sit back and listen is something that is hard for me. And I've had to learn in order to be able to coach people because sometimes people ask questions and I'm like, oh, I can just like go on with the answer. (laughs) It's not the most powerful way to coach, right? It's like better for people to kind of be able to, to answer questions as opposed to you telling them. Absolutely. Right. But that's because you're integrated, right? Like you're aware of that. And that's where all change starts, right? Is with awareness. And so you're a great example of being aware of, yeah, this is what I can do. So let me make sure that this is how I show up so that the client can get what they really need. When you're leading a team, the same thing. Brene Brown, you know, she preaches on shame. And by the way, that is a key emotion that (laughs) that threes kind of deal with because it goes back to am I worthless and, and feeling like if I don't produce, I have clients that are threes and With my coaching on the business side of things, I see your numbers every month. So it's coming right out of mind body. So you can't, you can't fudge your numbers. My three clients will try to dance all around if they haven't met their goal. Like, but here's all the other things I did, but I'm like, yeah, but we didn't hit this target. We need to focus on this. We got to grow this. And they'll dance all around that a hundred times because now they're embarrassed And I had to come up with, and why the Enneagram is such a good tool as even being a coach is how can I help this three client not feel shame around not meeting this goal? Because if they feel shame and go into the spiral around it, we're never going to get to the goal. They're never going to do it. So what can I do to make sure that they don't go to that dark place? That's the power of the Enneagram and coaching. So one of the things going back to Brene Brown, though, from leadership is she teaches on shame and vulnerability. In order to lead people, and this is more for the studio owner, because it's beyond you now. It's not just you on the mat. You've got to inspire other contractors and employees to provide the same service you do. Being vulnerable about your strengths and also your shadow is one of the quickest ways to bond with your team. And a bonded team is a high-performing team. When you can sit down with your staff and say, hey, guys, when I'm not doing well, when I'm unintegrated, when I'm under stress, this is what I look like. I'll start to overcompensate. I'll get super assertive. Um, I might even lie, guys. (laughs) Like, catch me. Call me on these things. So that we can make sure that I'm being the type of leader that you need. Man, Amanda, when you have those conversations, the whole trajectory of your studio will change. Yeah, 
Yeah, for sure. I feel like it is really interesting to be able to look at, you know, both your strengths and your weaknesses. And I think that that's something that similar to you, I really like all the assessments and learning about myself (laughs) and how I can utilize that in my business. And I think that it's great to identify your strengths and, and kind of lean into those and know where you should hire and, you know, maybe where you should direct your energy and that type of thing. But I think also looking at like, okay, this is a strength. What's like the other side of this, like the shadow side of it, like you said, and you know, how can I use this in a way that it is a strength uh-huh. and, and not a weakness? Cause I think that sometimes, you know, everything that we do well has that other side to it. Everything that we're good at uh-huh. has that other side to it. And so I feel like understanding that aspect of things and then being able to be open, authentic, vulnerable with the people that you work closely with is, is huge. Oh, Amanda, yes. Like you said that so beautifully, (laughs) just like a three. (laughs) You said that so efficiently and motivationally. Yes, I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. And so what is what is your Enneagram? I'm curious what yours is. Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm an eight wing seven and um, eights. Whew, goodness. Um, Eights are forced to deal with. A lot of people, I often tell people, that I've known this since I was a child, by the way. People either love me or hate me, Amanda. There is no middle ground with me. People are either like, I like her. (laughs) I like how she shows up. She's my people. Or people are like, you know what? F that. That's too much. I'm not going to be bothered with her. Like Because eights are very confrontational in terms of how we show up. So let's go back to the three primary things, the fear, the desire, and the longing. My core fear is that I'm going to be betrayed, (laughs) that I'm going to be controlled. And so a lot of people, when they meet eights, eights are often in leadership roles because we fit the stereotypical Western, let's be very clear, stereotype of what leaders look like. Loud decisive, confident, that stereotype of what a CEO in a corporate environment looks like. So you often find eights in those capacities. But people often think that eights are controlling, but actually I don't want to control you, Amanda. Quite frankly, when I'm unintegrated, I could care less about controlling you. I just want to make sure I'm not controlled. (laughs) I want to make sure that I have the freedom to do what I need to do. It's not about controlling other people. Well, because my core desire is to protect myself at all times. Like I wanna feel protected at all times. I don't like being caught off guard. I don't um, I don't do well in situations where I feel like someone's trying to take advantage of me. It causes me to rise up when I'm not integrated. But at the end of the day, my soul longing is to hear that I won't be betrayed. That I can actually trust the people that are around me and in my life. It almost makes me tear up every time I say that because it's been something that's been there since I was a child. Just wanting to rest in the fact that knowing that people won't betray me, that I am lovable, that I am going to be embraced and protected. So from a sales standpoint, I have to be careful that I don't show up like an asshole. I'm sorry. There's no other way for me to say it, Amanda. 
It's but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I that I just don't show up all rude and abrasive and blunt because these are all characteristics of AIDS. Like hard truths, we live to tell them. <laughs> it excites us. Conflict is intimacy for us. So to have a fight with someone <laughs> makes me feel closer to you. It sounds weird, but it's so true because I feel like if I can get you ruffled and you don't leave me because that's what I'm worried about, right? I'm fearful that you're going to betray me. You're going to leave me. If I can get that out the way right away, I call it, um, do you remember that movie Pitch Perfect? Did you Mm -hmm. ever see that movie? Yeah, I've I've seen them all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) (laughs) No shame. (laughs) Well, you remember when she introduced herself as Fat Amy? Yeah. And what she said afterwards. And when the other (laughs) woman was like, why do you call yourself Fat Amy? And she was like, I do it so little tweaks, like you won't get the opportunity to do it for me. Like, Her best defense was the offense kind of a thing. Eights are kind of that way. So let's just get this out of the way. You're not going to like me. So let me do something to make sure you don't like me. So now I'm still in control. You don't get the chance to betray me because I never let you in. That's unintegrated eightness. Can you imagine what it's like to work for a person like that? (laughs) I would imagine it's a bit (laughs) challenging. I love how you said that, Amanda. It's a bit challenging. I think my former employees would say it was hell. I think that's what they would say. <laughs> well, do you know what? Eight's actually the second one on my chart. So I'm going to I'm gonna be gentle with the eight since I've got quite a bit of eight showing up in my Enneagram. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. I absolutely love it because here's the flip side of it. So that's my shadow, right? That's what I look like when I'm just unintegrated and just going with my gut instinct and not really developed intuition or emotional intelligence or any of those things. Here's the flip side. I remember when I was a little girl, when I'm I'm talking little, little girl, kindergarten, my mother often shared stories with me about how I would stand up for the underdog in class. And there was a little boy by the name of Anthony. Anthony, if you're listening to this, I love you. And what I'm going to say, But I was in kindergarten and Anthony came from a very impoverished family. And so oftentimes Anthony would have an odor, whether it was a smell of urine or just unkept because he was in, you know, not the best situation for a child. And kids can be cruel. You know, I have four grandchildren now and I'm just watching them grow up and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was really mean. And no one taught them how to do that. That's just something that they figured out to do on their own, right? And we have to kind of correct that behavior. So we've all experienced kids who can be really mean. My mom shared stories with me time and time again of how I was constantly standing up for Anthony. If someone was saying something about him, I was the first to come out and say, that's not kind. My mother told me, we don't talk to people like that. And she was like, so to see you in your little five-year-old eight body, I knew this would be your thing for life. So when I'm standing up for women who are trafficked, for example, or they're in a domestic violence situation, that's natural for me to step in and be like, I'm going to be the voice for the voiceless. So one of the ways that shows up in business is, you know, the old adage, the customer is always right. No, the customer can be abusive, okay? 
The customer is not always right. And so for my staff, my team knows that if we get a customer complaint, I'm not going to automatically start bending over backwards and talking about my team is wrong and I'm going to handle that. My inclination is always to defend my team. Always. And my team rests in that. And knowing that if they've done something wrong, I'm going to bring it to them and I'm going to be honest. But I'm never going to let them be beat on, beat up on by a customer. That's never going to happen. My team feels very protected in that way. That's how my strengths show up in business. And again, people who feel protected feel attached. And when they feel attached to the vision, to the mission, and to you, they sell more. They do more because they know they're cared for. So yeah, that's that's kind of me in a business environment, good and bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I think that that's really helpful to kind of give insights into kind of, you know, the positive side and then the unintegrated side with two different uh, Enneagram types. And so if people aren't sure they're Enneagram or they want to like learn what it is, where, how do they get started with this? Yeah. First of all, on my website, lesliedlions.com, I have a little quiz that helps them kind of figure out, do they lead with their head, heart or gut? Just that it's a free little quiz. And inside of that, in the report that you get back, if they decide they want to go deeper, there's actually a free quiz called trueself.io. And there's some resources and some conversation behind how to use this information. So I would say start with the quiz because it's really quick. It takes like 30 seconds to get an idea. And if you're intrigued, you'll have a free resource to go deeper as well. Okay. Awesome. And then if people want to start diving into learning more about their type, because I mean, we've really just scratched the surface with Mm -hmm. mine and with yours, and there's seven others to learn about, which I'm sure many listeners will, will be within there. Like, how do you start learning more about this and integrating it? I know you offer some coaching. Do you have some other resources or suggestions for people who want to learn more about this? Yeah. Once, so once they take that quiz, they will get an idea of where to start. I always say you can read books, okay? Um, I'm not a huge person on like, you got to invest in coaching. I believe coaching will shorten the time frame on things. And as leaders and entrepreneurs, we don't have tons of time to be Googling in, on YouTube forever. But a lot of this information is out there. My point is, there's a great book and The Road Back to You by Ian Crone um, is a fantastic resource to get started to read more about it. But again, if you find that you've got knowledge, but you're having trouble integrating it, that's when I can help you. We have tons of opportunities to work with each other from one-on-one coaching to group programming. But whenever I show up on a podcast, I really try to give the value that they could get, even if they choose not to work with me. That's important to me because I want women to be liberated. I want them to be empowered. And so I always want to give them tools to kind of search for themselves. And if you feel like you need more help, I'm absolutely here to do that. Amazing. I really appreciate that. And I've loved this conversation. I know you gave your website. Is there any other places people can go to find out about you, learn more about you or anything like that? Yeah, totally. My social media home is on Instagram. That's where I hang out. That's where I party. Um, and you can find me. <laughs> you can see my cute little dog, Jeezy, that we just got a few weeks ago and my grandkids all that stuff, but it's under the same name, Leslie D. Lyons. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for this conversation, Leslie. This has been really awesome. Amanda, thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the work that you're doing in the yoga business world. We need more yoga teachers out here sharing their gifts. And so I appreciate women like you who are giving them the tools to do that such worthy work. So thank you. All right, friends. I hope that you enjoyed that episode of the podcast with Leslie. If you were not big into the Enneagram before, I hope that you're feeling excited to dive a bit deeper into what your Enneagram is, who you are, and just really use that to your advantage in your business when it comes to your sales, your leadership, and just really leading from a heart-centered place. If you want to continue this conversation with Leslie and I, we dive into the business lessons that she's learned throughout her studio ownership and just with running her business and, and being a female entrepreneur. And you can find that behind the scenes. So that's over at patreon.com forward slash Yoga. You can get access to all of the previous episodes when you sign up and there are a ton of them there. Diving into all sorts of topics with all different kinds of guests as well as lots of different solo episodes and all that good stuff. So once again, that's patreon.com forward slash MBM yoga. And I'd love to see you behind the scenes. Once again, a big thank you to Offering Tree for sponsoring this episode of the show. Make sure you go and check them out, offeringtree.com forward slash MBOM. Write to me or to them if you have any questions about what they're offering. I always love chatting about their amazing service. And a huge thank you to you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the show, for being a part of the MBOM community, and for all of your support. All right. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next week. Namaste. Thank you so much for tuning in for this episode of the podcast. To find links, notes, resources, and everything mentioned in today and all episodes of the show, you can head on over to mbomyoga.com. You can find the podcast and myself on Facebook and social media at Mastering the Business of Yoga. And I would love for you to join the private Facebook community, Yoga Business Badasses. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback, please make sure you reach out to me at info at mbomyoga.com. And last of all, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, please make sure you hit subscribe and leave a review for the podcast. It would mean the world. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you next week. Namaste. Namaste.